everybody. Welcome back to the Punk Delight Die podcast. We are all the way up to number 72. We're yep. almost up to Neil's age. So, oh, so funny. So funny. I'm one of your hosts, Tom. That other voice you hear, of course, is Neil in our respective homes, even though we are going to be hanging out this weekend in the city of Chicago. So hopefully we're going to plaster the city with punk till i die stickers and not our own vomit eh, Neil? <laughs> oh maybe a bit of both and we still haven't decided we still haven't decided if we're going to the peg boy drive-in show yet we'll have to yes, we we'll still... just have to see on that one yeah we'll see yeah so um of course you can reach us at punk till i die 77 at gmail.com or punk till i die podcast on facebook we got a bunch of letters we're, we're waiting to read next time we do a show with just the two of us we will give you some shout so anyway we are very happy to be joined by a guest today that we really don't know very well which is always sort of scary and sort of fun we have with us from the band dead bars john mayello how you doing john I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me here. Of course, thanks. You for, thanks for coming on. Get your last name right. Or I already screwed up. You got it right, man. Excellent. Well, I'll try not to say. It. I'm only going to use your first name for the next for the next hour or so, so I don't screw it up again. Yeah, I think that's safe. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, I noticed in your bio the first thing you read is, uh, you know, uh, Dead Bars is a band formed by two drummers from New Jersey who were living in Seattle, and you're one of those drummers, right? Yeah. Um, yes. So, uh, so let's back to the beginning and just tell us how you guys how you guys got together. Sure. Um, so, yeah. So I started playing drums probably when I was I don't know, like maybe eight, nine, ten, something like that, and started playing in bands. You know, teenager, and um, I was in a, a several bands in New Jersey, always as a drummer. And when I was 22, I moved out to Seattle. Um, not really for any reason other than it was like 2008 and there was like, I don't know, the financial crisis and I had nothing going on. And it was just like, it would seem like a good opportunity to just kind of pick up and, and go do something. And I kind of moved out here to like start a band with some friends and cause I knew it was a music town and I had never really been out here before. And my plan was to just kind of come out here and start a band and as a drummer and hang out for a while. And, um, and I did, I mean, long story short, I mean, I moved out here, met some people, played, played drums in some bands for a while. And then I, this, these things kept happening to me throughout my, my uh, tenure with with different projects where we would you know get uh you know i mean you're in a band you write songs then you record songs then you put out records and then maybe you go on tour and like that's the progression right of right. like being in a project and uh i just noticed that like i would always be in these bands we'd write some really cool songs maybe we'd make a record maybe we'd, we'd play a couple shows and then it just never was getting to the point where, where we were progressing past a certain point. And a lot of it had to do with members that I was, you know, in bands with, you know, whether it was like lead singer or guitar player or, or whatnot, just not wanting to really go any further with it, like not really wanting to tour, um, et cetera. So, you know, those bands broke up and you start another band. And I just, I just noticed as a drummer that like I had virtually no control over these like long-term kind of decisions 
And I was just like, man, I'm putting in a lot of work here. And my whole like kind of future is kind of like relying on these unreliable people, those pesky lead singers and, you know, guitar players. The funny thing thing is, aren't drummers usually the most unreliable one in the band? I mean, bands are always going through drummers, I swear. In my town, if you play drums in one band, you play drums in ten bands. (laughs) You know what it is? is like, no, no, no. I mean, I've I've always been really, (laughs) I've always been really driven and um, I always like being in bands with friends too. So that was, that's part of, I think, maybe why I got myself into some trouble because like it's always like for me it's always been like about friendship and and really like hanging out and that makes the experience a lot better but it just came down to like uh I didn't really get together with the right people that wanted to do uh the same things as I wanted to do so long story short um I just kind of realized one day I was like I think I just need to like start my own band where I um where I write the songs and 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 i'm the singer because it's not like it's not like uh because i knew what i wanted to do right so i was like i guess like if i'm uh, you know if i'm kind of driving this project i could always get you know other people to kind of fill in but i guess if i'm the constant i i I felt that like i couldn't do that as the drummer because it'd be really hard to like replace the the singer even if if i solidified it as like kind of my band so long story short, I mean, I was like, I never knew how to play guitar. I mean, I never even, I didn't know how to write a song. And I was maybe 23 or something out here. And I started playing guitar and trying to learn how to, to how to do that. And I mean, it, it was some real primitive kind of uh, experimentations. I mean, I would, you know, at first it was like, I would tape, I would tape all the, all the strings on the guitar the, uh, except for the E string so that it would like mute the Oh wow. Yeah. It would like mute, so you're playing it, just it the be, just the low E. Yeah. Yeah, just the low E because I was like, well, I don't really want to like get all these wrong notes in here, so I would like just mute the, the Man, you should have played bass, dude. I, you should have played bass. It's only got four strings well, I did, big. Well, well, the thing is is my friend, my one of my roommates had a guitar that he let me uh use right to to like kind of do this so i couldn't like take off the str- i would have probably just taken off the strings right and or, or whatever or bought a bass or something but like it was his guitar so i was like when i was borrowing it i would kind of like tape the bottom strings and then just kind of like write songs with, like one finger and be like uh oh, you know sing sing uh the melodies and stuff in my head and i mean long story short i mean i i wrote a handful of songs maybe like five or six or something like that and then i i did a demo uh where i just got a friend and i you know i played drums and i figured i could play bass and guitar too on it so i just did a quick demo where i kind of played every instrument and um and did some of the singing and you know basically like i was like i really want to get these ideas down you know and um so so that was like kind of the first kind of uh like experiment really and trying to be like can i really do this and dude so I, I had those i have to break in years. a second i have to break in a second and say sure. that that might be the most punk rock thing i've ever heard taping down <laughs> taping down the five strings you can only play the one string that is amazing i, I fucking well, love listen, that how many that's bands, awesome how many bands have been ruined how many bands have been ruined because they learned to play too well that's there true. is something to that <laughs> sort of primitiveness true. you know yeah, i love it 
Yeah, absolutely love that. I'm sorry, do continue. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 appreciate, I appreciate that. But yeah, I mean, it really came out of necessity. I mean, I didn't want to really do this, right? I mean, I, I really wanted my ideal situation was I'd, I'd meet a great, you know, guitar player, great songwriter who, you know, wanted to to tour and make this their life, and I would join the band, and, and that would be the fairy tale kind of like you know childhood you know punk rock dream. But it just didn't happen like that and so i kind of had these songs that i had on some demos just floating around i would send them to some friends and i would say hey like these are some things i'm working on and uh and long story short a friend of mine asked one of my other bands because i was still playing drums at this time in other bands like i was this was literally just like me seeing if i could if i could really do this Mm -hmm. so one a friend of mine asked if, if, if i'd play a show for some some something that they were putting on and i was like you know what this band and oh i had the name already too that was the thing too i always thought dead bars was a cool name for a band so i kind of stuck that in my back pocket and i I had that name for for years um before so i I decided to call the band dead bars and i told my friend i was like no dead bars is gonna play (laughs) you know and he was like how are you gonna play you don't even have like a band so i i gathered some friends around and we basically agreed to uh to do like one show and uh we did the show and you know i felt really good about it and i remember a bunch of people that had been around me i had been living in seattle for maybe like three years at that point so I, I knew a good handful of people i had some friends here and stuff and a bunch of people came up to me afterwards and basically you know kind of encouraged me to like to not you know give up on this project and kind of continue it but then I was in a different problem where I was like, I only really had the friends help me out for the one show. Um, so then I was like, okay, well now I think I need to find some some band members here. <laughs> and then that brings me to, long story short, um, a friend of mine told me that this other friend of his from New Jersey was was living in Seattle and that he was a drummer and um, and we ended I ended up talking to him. And we realized that we had crossed paths in New Jersey. He's a bit older than me. His name is CJ. And um, we had played one of my hardcore bands in New Jersey had played with one of his hardcore bands. He was in a band called uh, Torchbearer, which had um, like the drummer from the hardcore band Nora. And I think it was like the bass player from Burnt by the Sun. So like some kind of like real Jersey kind of like hardcore Mm-hmm. Um, bands and and I was in a band called Me Barrio and we played a show there and so I remember him like kind of and uh, and I I asked I basically sent him the songs and I showed him the video somebody took a video of that first show and um, and yeah I asked him if he wanted to 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 be in the band and and he essentially kind of didn't want to join you know he was really reluctant to join he was just like I'm not going to join your band but I do need to practice playing drums. So I guess I'll show up to some practices <laughs> and uh, he's been with us ever since he actually plays guitar now. So the bio that you referenced two drummers, it's kind of funny because like the, the band's gone through several, you know, evolutions and maybe we can cover that later, but uh, several drummers, yeah, you've gone through yeah. several drummers. <laughs> yeah. Well, what does John yeah, do? I mean, so he plays, what do you do now, John? I mean, are you, are you still playing drums or did you learn more than the one string? <laughs> 
so I, I have since now I've been playing guitar now for I don't know eight years or something. So I have I graduated to uh, then someone showed me how to do drop D right. So then I then I tuned. Oh, the, it's just like playing one string, just like playing one string. So, then, so yeah. you can just use your one finger for the whole exactly. Thing. Yeah, exactly. So I tuned the, the the E string down to D, and then I just taped the bottom three string. So then I was playing real chords, and I felt like, oh yeah, like I can really do this now. Well, real heavy. I mean, it's got a it's got a heavy sound, right? I mean, you're 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 drawn towards writing dark material in that tuning, right? Right. Well, yeah. I mean, it was all it's all just you know the one finger and real low E and all that stuff. Um, yeah. Now I've learned how to play. You know, I know how to play in in standard now power chords, and I've even learned a couple what I call like, you know, cowboy chords, you know, with oh, like, yeah. you know, all the strings. So I've graduated to, to all six strings now, which is pretty cool. But no, in the band, I'm just the lead singer, actually. Because oh, I'm you not confident you, enough to... Oh, you don't play guitar live? Yeah. Okay. It, no, it's, I'm not confident enough to do that. It's funny, because I, I was the same way. Like, I tried to take acoustic guitar lessons when I was a kid. I'm like, this sucks so bad. I don't care about Michael, roll your boat ashore. And it wasn't until I was like... <laughs> 17 somebody showed me the way Tony Naomi plays just the basic power chords and like oh you can put that anywhere on the neck and then like I was like 35 before I learned like a real C chord you know so I could totally I could totally play so did you did you not write when you were drum when you were drumming you didn't contribute songwriting generally no not really um I didn't know how to I didn't understand it like I had ideas um you know about like hey I think it should go like this but it was really hard for me to communicate that to uh, in other bands that I was in. You know, I would like go, it goes like, da, 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 da. you know, I'd like make something up and, yeah, yeah. and sometimes they were, you know, they were like, oh, I don't understand what you're saying. So I really, um, I tried to like learn piano and I feel like that helped a lot with at least being able to like hear the note in my head and like go to a keyboard and communicate like exactly what, what I was thinking um, so that was good for like a starting point. And then the piano really helped me with like the starting point for uh, guitar. And then like all the guitar leads that you hear, I would say probably like 90% of them um, on the records that you guys checked out, like on our early stuff and even on the, uh, on the new album. Um, like I, like the way that those guitar leads or solos or whatever come up is like, I like literally sing them to like, to my band and I go it goes like this so like it's all like pre it's all kind of predetermined in my head and I'm trying to like get the ideas out but I'm not technical enough to really do it so I'm really relying on um <laughs> on my band now to kind of help me realize these these ideas but now that the sound has been kind of established you know I'm really lucky that the people that we play with now um you know kind of keep you know in the tradition and kind of bring their own ideas so like there's definitely more stuff that i that i wouldn't say like i had you know soul uh you know creative uh you know uh decision making yeah. on but it's definitely influenced by the whole sound well so hold on huh. so 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 the band formed when two drummers met and now neither one of you were drumming in the band What's up with that? I told you, everything's <laughs> yeah, a promotion. When you're the drummer, any other job is a promotion, Neil. That's just the way it works. <laughs> so, well, so hey, did, one, inter no, one, inter one interesting thing, really quick, is I actually did play drums on the last on the album regulars. I went back to the drum kit because we were in between 
we were in between drummers and for sure i was just like i could i was just like i could do this you know mm-hmm. so i did end up playing drums on that album and i'm happy with it i think that i did a pretty good job for like not really being in the game for for many years mm. so i'm happy with my performance there we we did it all live See, I was, I was, um, I was, so, hop- yeah. I was hoping that you were still playing the drums because and singing because you don't, like you, you, yeah. Well, I was going to say you hardly ever see that, especially in punk rock, where the drummer is actually singing. I can only think of about three bands that I've ever seen where, I, where, where that happens. Is too difficult to sing and play fast. Well, the Stupids did it, and um, who else? Yeah. I mean, Richie Ramone does it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, did any of those like really cool band uh, called Regional Justice Center? They actually were from here, um, but were from Seattle. But I think they're maybe in LA, LA now. But that drummer, they're a hardcore kind of band. Like um, their drummer does all the vocals too. It's really cool. You should check it out. Yeah, and in Toxic Reasons, the drummer used to do some of the songs. He used to used to uh, sing some of the songs. So anyway, so so did. You know what? We better play. We better play a song already. Yeah, we're, we're already sixteen seen- minutes in, or seventeen minutes in. We haven't played a song yet. Yeah. So, which, which of those songs you that you recommend we play? Which one is chronologically first, John? Why don't we play that first so we can get a little kind of feel for the chronology of it? I believe you all have songs from our latest live album that we. Or is that, are they all? From- no, sir. No, actually, actually, none I, of none of none of them are from the live album. So, well, I well, well, they might be on the live album, but the 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 recordings I've got are off of uh, Dream Gig and Regulars. So, um, I, I think they all the recordings. Didn't you? Um, I think I think they are all the live versions. So, I think I think I sent you Earplug Girl. Yeah, that Earplug would be Girl. one of the first ones. Uh, or Funhouse Monday, whichever one you want to do first. Earplug I guess Girl, we'll be I think. Yes, when we hear them. All right. So uh, first up here, we have Earplug Girl by Dead Bars. Plug Girl so, by Dead Bar. So what's your plug girl about, Jeff? 
Uh, Earplug Girl is a real story uh, about uh, being at a show. I was at a show and I saw a band, you know, it was like a floor show. It was a very small place. And the band was just like, I think they had two full stacks or something. They were, it was so uh, incredibly loud. And for no reason, like for no reason that I could see, like it was an uncomfortable level um, for me. And I mean, I go to shows all the time. So I just, I mean, it, like the the song kind of speaks for itself, but essentially I, um, you know, I was kind of covering, I was kind of like, you know, covering my ears or whatever. And this, uh, I got a poke on my shoulder from this, from this uh, punk rock uh, girl in the crowd and, she took out one of her earplugs and she gave me one of her, one of her earplugs. That's a true, that's a true story. It's essentially a punk rock love story about sharing earplugs in a mosh pit. Well, did it, and you're, still, and you're still together six years later. I was going to say, did it, did, it, did it go somewhere from there or not? Or did you just hand, or just, did you hand the earplug back at the end of the night in a most sad fashion? I don't even know who this person was. I, I don't have a recollection of even like how they, I don't remember what they even looked like. I just remember waking up the next day and thinking that that was a very strange thing that had occurred to me. And that uh, it just the song really just kind of came out. Uh, it was a really fun song to write, actually. That was, song was awesome. Those are, the best, those are the best relationships, though. The ones where you think, man, that really could have been something, but you don't have the actual chance to screw it up. Well, he woke up the, he woke up the next right. day with, with an ear infection. So that didn't, didn't go so well. <laughs> could have been worse, right? Could have been a worse. Could have been yes, a worse type. Could have been a worse infection for sure. All right. Wow. That took a nasty yeah, detour. I, had so many I wanted to go, Neil. Now I forgot. So, did, when you were playing in Jersey, did you play with anybody that we may have heard of when you were playing drums in Jersey? Possibly. Um, I mean, I was in a band there. Maybe it was uh, I think 2005 to 2009 was like a band that I was active in called uh, red light green light and that was more of like a kind of like a screamo hardcore mm. pop punk band which sounds kind of weird to describe it was it was a, it was a strange band but like it, it was very you know period like there was a lot of like you know we had like breakdowns and like fun sing-alongs it was a really fun band uh, but black, we played a lot black, of shows black flaps of hair across the front of your head like no no we never dressed up no, we never no. dressed up or anything like that. But we played a lot of uh, we played a lot of shows with with a lot of those bands. I mean, I mean, we played shows with with everybody. Uh, you, I mean, probably the biggest show we played was we we played with Every Time I Die in the Bronx. <laughs> we played hardcore shows and stuff, but then we played with um, we played with pop punk bands too. I mean, so many so many bands, but Jersey bands. Um, so Screaming Females. I don't know if you know Screaming Females. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I've I've now become you know friends with them and been close close with them through Dead Bars and stuff and CJ is uh, really close with them. But I played their second show uh, ever with with that band Red Light Green Light. Um, and I, I remember I, I was hanging out with them here in Seattle and I was like, hey, I don't know, I, I thought it might have been your first show when I described the place and the year it was a basement in New Brunswick and it was a party. Um, I believe it was called Fermentation Fest. I'm not totally sure, but somebody was making mo- somebody was making moonshine. It was at a college uh, in, in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and so that my band played 
and uh, and Screaming Females played, and I asked them if it was their first show because it was a long time ago. It was like 2005 or 2006, and um, and the drummer Jared uh, confirmed it was their second show. <laughs> so you know, I played. You know, when you when you're doing stuff that long ago, you know, there's bands that like you never even heard of that all of a sudden. Sure. Now they're pretty well known. Super, super well known. Yeah, but there's probably others I can't think off the top of my head. Did you when you um did you feel like that there was more opportunity to make a living playing music in Seattle? Was that the draw, or were you like a late grunge fan and the city had some romanticism? Because you literally had never been there when you moved there. I uh, when the idea of moving here came about, I had never been here. But I did right before I came out here. I I. I flew out just to, for like a weekend, mm. I guess, just to like make sure that I didn't hate it. But no, the idea came about, like I said, it was 2008. Um, a lot of weird shit was going on like, in my life. I mean, I uh, it, like a lot of things kind of culminating into uh, like a weird time period. So like I graduated college, um, like I was like kind of breaking up with a person that I was semi seeing and uh and then the financial crisis, you know, like I, there, like nobody was getting jobs, like people that had careers, you know, couldn't even get a job. So I just kind of, and, and then, and then my band, oh, that, and then that band was breaking up too. So all of these things were, I was like, well, I just didn't feel comfortable kind of starting a new band in New Jersey. I didn't feel like there was like a good enough reason. I felt like there was a better reason to just kind of go somewhere else. And I kind of, in my head was thinking about like, places that you could kind of be a musician and still work like a regular job because in jersey it was kind of hard like everything's really spread out and like Mm. you know even if you play a local show it might be an hour or two hours away Mm -hmm. and um you know the obvious choice would be like oh we'll move to new york or something but i just did not want to move to new york and then so i was like well what other cities have like a kind of a scene that's like in the city you know so i was like okay well there's chicago by you guys you know there's la yeah. there's and then like literally i was like and then there's seattle but so la man same thing where... you could easily la you could easily drive two hours and still be you know in the la area right same kind of exactly, spread out yeah. area yeah exactly and that's what i didn't want i really wanted a place where like you could city was like, live city. in the city and then yeah. and then just like you know go play a show down the street and then still work a job like i really like i mean i always wanted to tour and stuff but like really i wanted to just be active and i knew that playing music in jersey the way that i wanted to which was like you know I, if it was up to me i'd play a show every week um just wasn't gonna work like working a regular job out there like i just burned myself out so i figured moving out here was good and yeah of course like yeah there's music history here there's like grunge obviously but then it, it goes back yeah, further Hendrix. than that and there's all yeah. yeah i mean there's there's always been like a garage kind of mm. scene here uh but yeah so that's how and i knew one person here that was that uh, had moved out here before and we were thinking about starting a band so like it was easy to just kind of like be like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do that. Hmm. So that was the reason. There was no real, like, it, I didn't even really think about it that much. It was just like, oh, I guess I'll go do that. You know? hmm. And I've been here for 10 years now. No no regrets? Uh, no regrets. Even, no though the sun never sh- even though the sun never shines. 
The sun is out right now, man. Is it really? Beautiful city. That's oh, funny. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm an eastern I'm an eastern time zone. It's been dark for like an hour. <laughs> I was gonna say if it you know, uh, if, you, if you think it's dark there, you should you should you, that's all right. you should try living in Manchester. Jesus, if you ever if you ever wonder why like Joy Division and those bands are so depressed all the time, you just have to go outside. <laughs> it's fucking rains. Right. Rains constantly. Actually, I think it's kind of pretty similar to uh, UK from what I've heard. I've never been there, but. Um, I hear that, like, cause it does get gray. Like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like it does get gray. Um, like, you know, basically like tomorrow until, until April, it'll be, it'll be gray, but it's not, uh, it's not really like rainy all the time. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of gray and it drizzles and stuff, but it's not like pouring. It's not like storms or anything like that. So I can, I can deal with that. And it, and doesn't, it doesn't get really that cold, right? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't snow. So that was a big thing. Like, oh, that's a huge thing. Yeah, I just hated hated shoveling snow on the East Coast, and I just you know the idea of like digging your car out and like you know going to work, <laughs> you know, just like yep. uh, so here it doesn't it doesn't do that. Yeah, uh, I, I I often I often wonder how when I I came to the states and I could have gone to any number of places, and I wonder in the winter why the fuck did I stay here? <laughs> Look at that girls it's like, it's like minus twenty. Brutal. Yeah, it, girls it, it, and skateboarding. Yeah, but I could have, could have had girls and skateboarding on the west coast. What the yeah, hell no was kidding. I thinking? Not better weather too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, idiot. So let's 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 stick another song in, and then we'll come back and talk about what the band has been up to this year, or or more recently with all the crazy crap going on, and and the interesting decision to put out a live album, which I'm e- eager to pick your brain on. So what's what's the next what's next on our list, Neil? Well, the um, songs that were sent. Oh, I'm in. sorry, John. What do you want to play next? Well, <laughs> no, Neil, Neil, go ahead. Well, okay, so we had, we had we had emergency face the music. I'm a regular or tear-shaped bruise. Well, since uh, you picked do, out the, uh, yep. let's do emergency. Okay, all oh. right. So dead bars with emergency, and this is off Dream Gig, right? This is off the first album. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Cool. All right. Yeah. So dead bars with emergency.
There it was. Emergency, Dead Bars. Not Emergency by 999. That's a different song. This was Dead Bars. Yes. So there you go. So, so you guys, so this year, 2020, the and I, I, I can't help wonder if this is ironic or what, but you guys actually, you just put out like last month a live album, right? We did. That's correct. So was this something that you'd planned before this year or was this something that because of the weirdness of this year do you decide to go this direction um the um the, the live answer is, sorry yeah the, the answer is we did we did not plan on it and uh it was something weird that we decided to do because of the, this weird year but i can put that in more context for you sure. if you'd like yes please uh, yeah so um so last year in um, March of 2019, um, we got asked to, um, by the Bouncing Souls, actually, one of my favorite Jersey bands, to fly out to New Jersey and uh, open their 30th anniversary hometown like kickoff show party. Mm. And which was like a huge deal for me. Like, I mean, I've been sure. wanting to, you know, I look up to them like just in many aspects of whatever their career. I think that they're very successful for doing things on their own terms. And I respect that a lot. So we went and we, we went out there and did that show. And it was a big show. It was like one of the biggest shows that we played at that time. I mean, it was like a big hall. I mean, maybe 800 or 1,000 capacity room something like that which is which is pretty big for us which is like really small for them like they were doing like a you know they're like oh we're gonna do an intimate club show you know for them is like 800 people yeah. but for us it was for us it was a big show so we went out there and um long story short uh i believe that they um like hired someone to record their their show um and i think they even released the show on youtube or something like that but um we you know, we flew out there, so we didn't have any gear or anything like that. So we used all their stuff. So it was all, it was all mic'd up, I guess, like rigged up for this for this recording. Uh, and I had no idea that that was the case. Um, fast forward, so that 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 show was in like early of 2019. Then we put out our we put out our al- our album regulars that spring. We did some touring. So you recorded that? Like, okay, so this is recorded before the album came out, actually. It was, yeah. That's why okay. there's only one song. Uh, I'm a regular on the on the live um, album that we just put out. It was recorded, okay. uh, yeah, before. So it was a lot, a lot of songs off a of dream gig, and then uh, one off of um, off of uh, regulars. So yeah, we put out. Then we put out our album. We started touring. Um, came back for the fall. Booked some shows for 20, 2020. was supposed to be like a really big year for us. I mean, like we mm-hmm. had, you know. We did um, a West uh, Northwest tour. We did East Coast tour, and then we planned on uh, we had a tour in Europe. Our first Europe tour was mm. booked this year. Uh, that never happened. And then we also were going to do our first like support tour, uh, opening up for um, for a band uh, headliner, which which would have been cool too. But long story short, so um, so this year we the only things we were able to squeeze in was we did go to the East Coast. And do some shows out there, um, like real early in the year. For, yeah, it was Feb- it was February actually. Beautiful, um, beautiful time to be visiting your beautiful time to be visiting your hometown of New Jersey, your home of New Jersey in February. Huh? 
It was actually it was it was it was pretty decent weather. But we, you know, we did Jersey, we did Philly, we did DC, we did Boston, mm. and uh, we actually the fir- first show was in uh, I believe it was the first show was in was in New York, and we sold out that show. We were headlining, and I felt really mm. proud about that. I mean, like we you know we're a Seattle band. You know, I know that I have friends in Jersey and stuff, but like you know, I mean, we had played New York a bunch of times, and we never were able to sell out a room and. And so we sold out the the room, and it was I felt really good about it. And then I'm standing at the bar after the show, and it's the um, the sound guy from that show all the way back in May in uh, last year with the Bouncing Souls, and mm. uh, the, the 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 engineer is just standing at the bar, and I was like, hey man, I don't know if you remember me, you know, Dead Bars, and he's like, oh yeah, he's like totally. Um, he's like, I actually have your whole set on my hard drive, uh, at home. And, uh, you know, he's like, I've been meaning to like, try to find you guys and, and get in touch. And I was like, oh man, I would really like to hear that. So that was in February. We played some shows. We finished up that tour. I think right when I was getting on the plane to come back, uh, you know, my phone was like, Italy has you know, coronavirus, like lockdown. And I remember being like, huh, I'm supposed to be there in a, in a month. That, uh, that sounds kind of weird. And then when I got back to Seattle, like there was an outbreak out here, like we were the first kind of to get hit out here. Like there was like a big, big outbreak. Um, so I just remember being like, uh Oh, like things are changing. And once all this lockdown stuff happened, that same guy that I met at the bar, the engineer, essentially like got in touch with me and was like, Hey, like I have some time now. Cause like nothing's going on and sent me the, the live album or our set. And I just remember listening to it and just waiting for something to like, not sound right. Like, you know, I was like, cause we didn't plan on like recording like a live sure. show, you know, I, I didn't know. And I was like, I just, we got, I got to the end and I was like, Whoa, like this is really, this is actually really good. Um, and I felt like, awesome about it and i i asked him basically to just do like a you know clean it up a little bit just do a, another round of a mix you know but i didn't we didn't edit any we, we did not edit any vocals we didn't edit any you know drums no guitars it's just you know it's a it's a proper mix but it still sounds live and it was awesome and then once it became clear you know we our our europe tour got canceled our support tour got canceled you know everything once it became clear that we weren't playing shows this year i thought it would be really cool to release this set essentially because it was from a special show that i felt you know the fans of dead bars would understand that that this show was really important to me uh you know because like the souls are one of my heroes and also that it just sounds really good and everyone's missing live shows right now um, so this would be really cool to, to put out. So that's the story. We didn't really plan on doing it. It was a lot of weird kind of circumstances that, that it came down to. It's, it's, it's weird for a couple of reasons. Cause if you would have never ran into that sound engineer at the bar, it might still be sitting on his hard drive and he might've never made the effort to get, a, get in touch with you. A I and, B, and B, the fact of the matter is the fact that you didn't know you were being recorded probably helped you to be loose you know if you'd have been like oh we're recording this show for a live album all of a sudden you yeah. got you know you can't make any mistakes can't make any mistakes yeah, exactly. oh shit yeah for sure so it's it's probably yeah. kind of cool that you that you weren't prepared so 
No, um, yeah, this, that's kind of why I wanted to release it too. You know, I felt like it's just such a cool thing to just like to have and a great thing to like represent without really planning on it. You know, did the, did the hall mean anything to you necessarily or not? I mean, was it a place you hung out as a kid or something like that, or was it? I mean, New, New Jersey is a big place, obviously, but no, no, it's a new place. Like that oh, really? was a place I never, I never oh. heard of that place hmm. before, and. um it was in a town uh, called Jersey City, New Jersey, which is like a mile from New York. So it's like mm. it's almost like it's almost New York City. I mean, it's like it's very it's just right across the river. And mm. there's just a lot of people that live there now. Over the last 20 years, it's just become like a really kind of uh, I don't know, probably gentrified is the right word um, for that. But yeah, so they made there's a bunch of music venues there now that would have never been there when I was a kid. And I think the Bouncing Souls just saw, you know, they play in Asbury Park all the time if they're playing a New Jersey show. And I think they were just like, well, let's do something that's not Asbury. Let's do something that's not New York. And so they picked this place, which was really, really cool because it's a super, like, we played there. Like, um, we played in Jersey City um, uh, on other tour dates and we just have a lot of people that come out we always have a really good time there there's a bunch of my friends that live there so it, it ended up being a really uh fun uh and, and honestly like we just you know i mean became friends with with a lot of like the souls crew and and the souls and strike anywhere also played which was really fun and then uh the ex- the explosion uh who i guess like isn't really a band anymore. Like they came back um, for a one-off. Yeah, Boston, to, right? To play that too. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're Boston or Philly. I, yeah. Uh, maybe they moved down there. But no, yeah, so that was a great. It was awesome. The funny thing is, I actually saw that tour when it hit Chicago, but the only band it had on from that bill was the Bouncing Souls. Obviously, it was uh, it was a completely different show. Um, in Chicago, it was. That was the tour. Yeah, yeah, the tour. Yeah, was it was. It was Swinging Udders, the Bronx, and uh, Barstool Preachers. So it was still a great show, but uh, just it's funny that all the bands were completely different. Well, Bouncing Souls do these like three night stands. I know you're not a huge Bouncing Souls fan, Neil, but they'll do like three night stands and stuff. They do one. I think they usually do one during the summer, and I think they do one during the holidays. Hmm. Well, they'll do these big, yeah, Jersey shows. They'll have a bunch of their friends come out and open up and stuff. It's cool. It's a cool event, I think, if you well, want to make a, road, make a road trip. Yeah, I mean, it was certainly that 30th anniversary tour, though. I mean, they were doing a, oh, yeah, they yeah, were yeah, doing yeah. that gotcha. whole thing. So it was a, yeah, it was, that was a fun show. Yeah. So, so what is this? What is the label that this new record is on, John? Surf Ridge. I'm not familiar. Yeah. So. Um... Me and my friend. It's like it's oh, okay. It's okay. So it's sort of self-release. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, we self, like basically, you know, I mean, I, you know, kind of had the idea to put it out, and I mean, we've worked with a lot of labels, so I, I wasn't really sure who I could pitch this to, and I probably would have asked maybe one of, you know, maybe AF Records because they put out our last record. But my friend, who lives in California now, um, I sent it to him, and he was just kind of like, "Hey, like, let's just." make a little vinyl label and just do it ourselves and so that's what we did so it's just really us you know i mean um we probably won't repress it you know when it's when it's sold out it's, it's gonna just it'll just be a cool moment in time you know yeah. so we have some copies left um you know, so where do where do the they, plug, where do they you know if if some yeah no no that's absolutely fine so where where are they ordering that from are they gonna, they gonna go on your go on like the dead bars Facebook page where are they gonna where are they gonna find these records to order 
Yeah, a, lot yeah, people, so, a, lot of, um, a lot of people who listen to us are old geezers. They still buy records. Yeah, we still buy vinyl, a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so if you go to deadbars.com, uh, there's okay. a link to our uh, web store. And it's, we're just doing all the fulfillment ourselves. Um, it might be in some stores. I'm, I'm calling uh, and emailing some just kind of like local, like kind of punk uh, and metal kind of like local stores. So it's, there's a chance that it could end up in, in a couple around the country. Um, but right now it's just the mail order uh, at deadbars.com. And, um, and yeah, I mean, we're, we're doing all the shipping and the fulfillment ourselves. And it feels really good to, like, kind of bring everything in-house. You know, we're, like, you know, we're kind of taking control of things and, like, um, you know, we're not playing shows. So it's really cool to, like, kind of streamline because we never really had a proper – we didn't really have a proper web store or anything like that for a while. So this is really good. Um, yeah, it's really good for us. You know, you have been on a bunch of labels and I actually do want to talk about that, but let's, let's do, uh, let's do another song. What's, what's next? Uh, what's the next song? Well, we have face the music. I'm a regular. Which one do you want to do? Face why, don't, the music? why don't we do it? Let's do on the regular. I'm a regular. I mean, you know what? Let's say, actually, let's save that one because I want to talk specifically about that. Okay. Let's let's do let's do that tear shaped bruise. Let's do tear shaped bruise. This was a Neil selection added it to was. the mix. It was a, it was a Neil selection because I was listening to that today and that struck a chord with me totally. So uh, okay, tear shaped tear shaped bruise off of your first album, which was Dream Gig, right from 2017. That's correct. Okay, cool. So, Tear Shape Brews by Dead Bars.
was TSA Bruce. Yeah, love that. Love that. Now, now was that a is that a true story or was that just made up? Um, yeah, that one that one is a true story. Oh, how true! Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> well, well, it, here's here's the deal. Um, I actually didn't write uh, that one. Oh, um, that's one of the few uh, that. So at my job, um, I have a friend who's this guy in his sixties. Um, and he's like kind of a your, your age, trained, Neil. Like, yeah, almost there. <laughs> <laughs> he's kind of like a classically trained uh, musician guy, but he loves punk rock too. And he's like, we've been friends for years since I've lived in Seattle, and um, he's just a great songwriter. He writes songs, and um, and uh, he had a band with his sister, and they wrote this song called Tear Shaped Bruise, and I thought it was a great song, and I showed it to the band, to Dead Bars, and I just asked my friend's permission if we could if we could take that song and we made it we made it a lot more like punk rock you Mm -hmm. know their version is very like dreamy almost like the beatles kind of it's it's a very kind of strange arrangement um but it's a great song and honestly a lot of people like come up to me and say oh that's one of my favorite songs so yeah i mean i'm i think it's cool when you can borrow stuff from your friends and and stuff that's relatable um to your own project like i have no problem um like working with other people and giving credit you know for sure. other folks chip huh. in that would be a great name for a band too i like that to shape T-S- tsb yeah so your first your first record was on no idea your first your first full length i mean our first like four records like we did three seven inches with them too and then we did okay. the full length um with them uh yeah i mean like we, so that that actually like, seems like kind of a perfect fit because i mean when i heard when i first heard you guys i think this is a fest band this is a gainesville i mean i assume <laughs> that that was a that that scene was a big influence on you guys um it really wasn't that's I mean, a I no tom <laughs> a nice one i mean i like I, I mean yes and no like so i never went to the fest before dead bars played it i mean i'm mm. very familiar with uh no idea records sure. and and all the bands on there but the whole like kind of culture of like fest and like you know like the, like i was not too familiar with it i mean obviously once we went down there i was like oh of course we need to be mm. here all the time you yeah. know i mean we, totally, you're you're 100 right i just it wasn't conscious um, mm. to me uh, at the at the time and honestly the no idea thing like was all just like a happy kind of accident uh, as well you know i mean we literally i mean the story with that was we sent uh an email i mean we had the song we had the song like funhouse monday or something or no no i had the demo of um of those songs those six songs that i did and um it was like oh well maybe we can get like somebody to put this out and i mean i've said that like my whole life i was like oh let's like i've sent i always send stuff to labels and you never hear back from them you know so like the story with that was we did the demo we got that was the one that that was the one that you played everything on i played um i played uh bass and guitar and that was we had gotten cj playing drums by that point okay so that wasn't the first demo that wasn't the first demo you did Oh no 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 no! It was it was okay. it was uh it was like the band demo I would call it you know like it was like the one where like we recruited other people like I had a lead we had a lead guitar player 
and then uh. um, I played bass and CJ played drums. So like we had some people uh, playing on that. Did either yeah, did we, any of the songs from that original demo tape that you did by yourself and you played all the instruments? Did any of those songs end up making it onto the record? Uh, they all did except for one. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, they all like the first song I ever wrote was a song called "Party at My House," and that's I believe the second song off of the the EP that we did. The we call it like the self titled EP. It's the first um, EP. It right? has yeah. like my yeah, it's just Dead Bar's EP. There's yeah. four songs on it. So the first song I ever wrote was Party at My House. And then, like, you know, I wrote, um, like, then I was like, Los Marineros was on there, Funhouse Monday. Um, and then there's only one song that uh, never made it on there, which I still have somewhere. And sooner or later, that will. That's that will a bonus track, a bonus track waiting to happen, huh? Exactly. So I'm sorry. Yeah, I, interrupt- man, I mean, I, I interrupted your no, no, your, no, your no idea story. Or, sorry. No, it, it's, it's all good. It, it is all good. Um, I'm trying to think. So yeah, we got really fucked up and, uh, we sent off an email at like midnight or something like that. <laughs> um, and then like, I don't know, like maybe three o'clock in the morning. I mean, we weren't awake, but like we, when we woke up, whatever it was, nine or 10 in the morning, like <laughs> we got an email at three o'clock in the morning. The same so, night. Um, wow. Yeah. That same day. <laughs> Basically just being like, it's on. I think that was the only thing that it said. Wow. It's on. There you go. And then and then we never heard back from them for <laughs> two weeks. I think we replied back and said, what does that mean? <laughs> um, and then two weeks later, it was like, oh, sorry, I was in Disneyland with my family um, or Disney World <laughs> with my family. Uh, I meant to get back to you. I really like this. I want to put it out. Um and so it was all, I mean, like, I don't know, man, it was all just, you never know. You just send stuff to people and you hope people like it. And that's what happened with this. And then, and then at that point, that's when I really realized like, okay, like I need to take this band seriously. That was the moment where I was like, you know, I mean, it's serious. then. I mean, people are investing, they're putting money sure. into, into pressing your record. And I mean, one of the, one of the only questions that that label ever asked us, like one of the only like qualification, I guess, or the, or the um, the interview, or there wasn't even an interview, but it, like it was just like, uh, is anyone in your band an alcoholic or a drug addict? And we were like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what. Like, what do you are, mother? I mean, yeah, we're like, uh, I mean, I make, I guess it makes sense. I mean, like, you don't want to put out, uh, you don't want to put out a, a band, and then all of a sudden, like, you know, you realize that this guy's a junkie and he's gonna like die or the next day or something. <laughs> You know, so I mean, that was their that was their only due diligence. Really, was well, unless unless they make they make one really great record and then die, and then it's gonna sell like crazy, right? (laughs) Yeah, maybe business model. You know, I mean, just from the from your adapt your adopted hometown, man, some great junkies making music. But yeah, that's that's true. That is true. So how how'd you hook up with those anti flag guys? You friends with them? You play shows with them? Or so they're from Pitt? I mean, that label's from Pittsburgh. Um, you, you yeah. like to, you like to work with labels that are like, you know, you can't just bop, bop, pop by. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you're totally right when you made the comment earlier about like, when you first heard us, you were just like, Oh, this, this band belongs. I have no idea they belong at the fest or, or whatever. Like I always felt that same way too. Like once we were kind of in that scene, 
Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, I don't even, I don't really know what happened with no idea. I mean, like they aren't a la- like, they're not a label anymore. I, I believe that we're the last band. I think we're the last band on the catalog. I mean, they didn't, they didn't release anything else after June gig. And I don't even really, I, I, know know I, I used to go on their website all the time. They had the best distro. And I used to order stuff from the mail order stuff from at least once or twice a year, but I know something went sideways, and I think a lot of bands are kind of got screwed. I know there was seemed like there was a lot of animosity towards them, but I don't know anything personally about it, and I didn't have you know I, I didn't have a stake in it. But yeah, I, I missed No Idea Records. They were a good little label, and they were a great had a great distro, and they were very reliable their mail order. So anyway, sorry. Yeah, My, I, I, I mean yeah, no, no, you're you're right. I mean I don't. I know I know some yeah some bands I guess weren't you know probably weren't treated well I'm I'm not totally sure the the specifics but I mean long story short it sucks because then it's like you know we never we never had to look for a label because like I told you like we made a demo we sent it and it's, we you know and then we and then we just started putting stuff out I I honestly thought we would just continue releasing records with them forever I mean it didn't it didn't make any sense not to and then it comes down to, well, fuck, like, you know, this label has kind of, like, disappeared. Um, I mean, like, when I say disappeared, like, kind of, like, you know, just not responding to emails or, or texts, just, like, kind of fell off the face of the earth kind of thing, <laughs> um, which is strange. Um, so then it's like, okay, well, I guess we got to find a new label. And um, the AF uh, people, uh, it's kind of an interesting story with them. Um, I mean, I don't know how m- much people know, but essentially, like Anti-Flag is like the founders of, I guess, that label. But um, yeah. they have a label manager that kind of does, I guess, all of the um, kind of day-to-day stuff. And that that guy that works there, the label manager, was was a really big fan of of Dead Bars, and <laughs> essentially just asked if we wanted to do. Uh, I think it was a seven-inch or something. And then I told them that we needed a label for the for the full length. And that's how that happened. It was pretty organic. I mean, I did, I did reach out to a couple other um, labels to see who was interested, but you know, kind of, kind of ended up uh, just going with the people that, uh, that wanted it from the get go. And uh, we're pretty happy with it. I mean, go ahead. No, I was going to say it's, it's weird because different labels have done different things this year. I mean, I don't know that a lot of labels just kind of shut down production this year because they weren't, Nobody was touring. They weren't selling. I mean, some labels are going full speed ahead, but it seems like 70% of them are just sort of, ah, we're going to lay low this year and see what happens. So I, I don't know. Yeah, you might have been putting it out yourself. Might It was almost certainly the most expedient way to get your record out, I would think. Oh, definitely. Like, when it came down to the live record, like, I mean, there was kind of no question about just doing it ourselves. I mean, I, I knew that our fans would appreciate it, and I knew that even if we didn't sell out, like, right away that when we do get to play shows again having that on the merch table can only help you know i mean like our our, we put out a lot of vinyl and a lot of um the fans kind of expect that of us to have kind of like weird kind of one-off like we do like you know seven inch with with these people seven inch with these folks here's a you know here's a here's a live record here's a split so i just knew that like it was there's no way that that would lose, you know, like we'll, we'll get rid of them uh, eventually, you know? Sure. And the live album is limited to 500, right? And then numbered or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's 500. Um, it's all like classic black. So there's no, like, uh, no colored. You don't need to like, you don't need to like, you know, find the, the most collectible uh, variants. It's 
it's just one one color and yep they're hand numbered uh, out of 500 there's a poster included and there's a little story that i wrote about that show and about like how how it how the i wrote a story about like how the whole thing came about which is kind of cool i always really like that when bands kind of you know oh, for sure yeah yeah tell the the whole thing yeah and not only that but if you order one you will put it in the mail your mail yourself and take it to the post office so you get that extra level extra level of involvement right touched by the artist and also like we i think we have a well we do we have like a stamps.com account now so like now when you you'll see our uh return label and have a nice logo a professional logo on there so we're peel that off and stick it inside the jacket that's funny All right, let's play. Let's play another song, and then oh, I got a, I got a couple more. I got no, I got a couple more questions. Roy, you Neil, you got a couple more questions at least. What do we got? Uh, two, two songs left. Sure, yeah, we got two songs left. Are you in a hurry or something, buddy? What are you doing? No, you not have, really. Have to go, have, oh, I no, know. We can I know. No, actually, I'm, I'm good. I don't care. You have to I'm go call pee. For work. You have to go pee, don't you? Actually, I don't have to pee yet. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Johnny Smallbladder. And, and and you know, John's so much younger than us. I assume he could sit for you know longer. Well, how, so uh, you know, we, we, you know what? How how young of a guy is John? Because on Dream Gig, be he, he seems to be, be su- 30s, huh? well, he seems to be suggesting he's pretty old when he on that song Dream Gig. But that's what uh, you feel when you're in your early thirties that you're old. Yeah, maybe. Right. Um, yeah, early thirties, and uh, yeah, I mean, Dream Gig is is about me, but it's not. It's it's, it's about it's about uh, you know the the dream when you're a kid and and. Uh, you know, trying to realize that as you get older, whether that's in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, it's I mean, it's it's kind of universal. Well, I'll tell you what, let's come back to that after we play this song. So I guess Face the Music is the next song. Is that okay with everybody? Sure. All right. Yep. So Dead Bars, Face the Music.
There it was. Dead bars. Face the music. So, um, okay. Dream gig. What would have been your dream gig, or what is your dream gig now? Who would you like to warm up for? Or, or, um, is, or, or is that I going mean, to see? Is that going to see a gig? I, I'm not quite sure on that on that song. Is it playing with another band, or is it going to see a band? I mean, the the dead the dead bars fans would would know that like uh, in the song Dream Gig, uh, I referenced uh, the Bouncing Souls. That's why it was a really important mm. show um, mm. for us to go play that. Um, so um, the lyric is just you know my only goal is to play with the souls. So in in some sense the dream gig is, is realized, but dream gig is really cool um, concept. And, and we made the album dream gig kind of a concept record about, you know, it's, it's not just about being in a band. I mean, it really is like a broad, you know, kind of vision about doing what you want, how you want to do it. And, you know, um, never giving up essentially. Um, so it's definitely, supposed to be about not just this band but it can be about you it can be about your dreams and that can be anything you know so um so yeah i mean basically just to continue i mean the the real goal of this band is to be you know in our 50s still doing it i mean i don't know in what capacity but i mean essentially just never stopping Hmm. that's cool I can appreciate that. Yeah. So you're, so you're, you actually, you put on a split this year too. We did. With, with the Raging Nathans. On Rad Girlfriend, which on is, Rad Girlfriend, which is kind of, of interesting. Definitely yeah. one of my favorite modern labels. Yep. Favorite modern labels. And as a matter of fact, we were supposed to talk to Josh before we talked to you. So I was going to say, Josh, give me some good dirt on this guy. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know each other personally, but now I'm talking to we now do, we're talking yeah. to you first. You got any good dirt on Josh or what? What what what's, yeah, what what's an invasive with? line of questioning? Because I'm just gonna want to talk to him about like like his Pink Lincoln's reissues because that's because I'm a nerd for that stuff. I'm oh, sorry. Anyway, how'd you hook up with Josh? Way over in Dayton, Ohio. Right. Um, so, Josh. Yeah, we've known each other for for a few years now, many years. I think uh, I met him when he was he was touring as a guitar player for Iron Sheik. Uh, okay. I don't know if you guys knew that, but like he he was with he tours with, for, he tours with everybody. I'm really going to quiz him about that because I've seen him a couple times, but I've never seen him play in his own band. Yeah, <laughs> so. he's, he's kind of, uh, I mean, he does it essentially, you know, for, for a living. Uh, so he's always got to... I actually think that's you know, kind of awesome, people. playing it's like guitar cool. for yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know if I can memorize really, all the songs. It's really cool. I mean, I, I think I admire his, you know, his drive and just like he's yeah. always out there playing with people. But so I met him when he was touring with Iron Sheik. They came to, through Seattle. We kind of like exchanged numbers, kept in touch. And then throughout the years, we just kept running into each other all over the country. I mean, I'm not even kidding. Like we would be in San Diego playing a show and like, you know, we're playing with the Raging Nathans, you know, mm. and or we're in Gainesville at the fest and there's Josh again. Or I'm in, uh, you know, uh, Fest in Montreal, you know, and, and that was this past in 2019. And that's when he was like, hey, man, he's like, I, we've been seeing each other like all over the country for, you know, for the past few years. And, you know, I really like, I mean, he just said, he's like, I really like what you're doing. And you got a lot of 
hustle and you know and i appreciate that and we should do something together and i said yeah of course and then we you know got to, we hooked up essentially right after that i i i think we had one song that we that we were ready to go and then i said that we were going to do a cover and he was like cool perfect he's like we got we got an original and we we're going to do a cover as well and so that was last fall and and then he and then we put that out in february it came out in february and then you know and then this is when covid happened you know it but but rad girlfriend i mean damn like he's putting out i think he put out probably like 10 records well that's what i was gonna say he's one of the ones he's one of the ones who hasn't slowed down i mean he he doesn't know not at all I mean, I think he, I think they said, and it's funny because I saw a, a Facebook post is what inspired me to reach out because I've met him real briefly, but I don't really know him. I don't know him well, but I know a lot of his his releases, you know. And uh, but he put out a thing. Yeah, we've had 125 albums out. I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Only in I mean, 10 years too. That's yeah, crazy. it really is. Well, and I remember I wrote about. I, I write for uh, I write for a couple different places, but I remember I did an article. We did a piece for Punk News where it was like. Uh, you know, small labels that you should check out. And I wrote about Rad Girlfriend, and I know they saw it, and they were they were pretty pleased about it. Because one of the things I said was, they said if you're you know if you're missing Lookout, this is a label that can fill a little bit of that space in your house in your heart that Lookout used to do. You know, and I really do feel it that way. He puts out tons of eclectic stuff, and he puts out tons of stuff. Now Lookout, because Lookout I think did 300 albums or something over the course of their run, um, and they were obviously a, a label for longer than that. But yeah, he's he's doing he's doing really good work. I. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to add your split with them to my. I'm, I've been trying to do these Bandcamp Fridays thing, and the next Bandcamp Friday is the first Friday in November. Neil, I'll remind you too. Okay. I know you. Yeah, I know you're, you're talking about doing that because the bands don't have to share their money with Bandcamp on those Fridays. So I've been ordering physical because I'm an old guy and I don't care about digital music too much. Uh, but I'm going to add your split to my rad girlfriend order because they're next on my on my Friday. <laughs> On my Friday uh, band camp thing, so anyway, that was a long rabbit hole. Awesome, man. No, I'm gonna get you all that for talking. I'm gonna get you all that by our listeners for talking too much. So, um, what else? What else, Neil? What, what else? What else? We got? We got this guy on the hot seat. What else we want to ask him about? Well, you wanted to ask him about that. I'm a regular song, I assume, right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so I'm assuming, and and I'm assuming that's inspired by like the replacement song. Um, here, here comes yes a regular. No. Y- yes and no. Um, so that's another one that. Um, remember how I was saying that my friend wrote "Tear Shaped Bruise." Um, yep. Yeah. So this one, I'm a regular. We actually wrote it together. So that was like this is like the first. So you know, I'm like I said, I'm down to collaborate with sure. people that aren't just in in the band. So um, that one we wrote together uh, he wrote a lot of the lyrics i wrote the music um but I, I wrote some of the lyrics and i know he was inspired by by i'm a regular uh, or sorry here comes the regular um and i thought it was great i mean i thought the i thought the tone of the song was was awesome and um and so so yeah i mean it, it absolutely um it just wasn't really the direction that i would have probably taken it but i'm super happy with how it came out and, and you liked it so much you made it the t- title track of the record uh no i mean i had so so i i wanted to call the album regulars i knew that like mm. um i i have like a lot of like i basically have like the next 
five records planned and they're all kind of like you know dream gig i feel like is, is a concept record and like regulars um while it's not the same as dream gig like i always want to have a theme with each mm. record um so i knew that i knew that our next album was going to be called regulars um and and my friend uh neil is his name he knew that he knew that that's what it was going to be called and so we had a title track dream gig on on dream gig and so he like you know he was like well let's do the regulars uh, one so so we wrote hmm. that together i i just like the way it kind of twists the you know not that the the replacement song was a downbeat type of song right Hold on. i oh, mean this is for the people that don't know tell us about the replacement song uh, well, they, you know, once they stopped doing like the bash it out punk rock songs, they wrote some really kind of deep, pensive songs. And one of the great slower replacement songs was uh, Here Comes Regular. And it was l- literally like Paul Westerberg, like sort of analyzing his own alcoholism. It's a fascinating song. It's oh, a great shit. it's a it's it's a great song. You should hear it. But it's the same. You know, it, it's kind of has a similar feel to to I'm a regular in that it doesn't it doesn't exactly glorify drinking. It just sort of looks at it as just like a thing. And, um, it sort of takes like the, the norm, the cheers thing, like where mm-hmm. everybody knows your name and yeah, just yeah. sort of puts it on its head. You know, that's the way I would describe it. And I didn't write it. So I don't, I don't know. That's just, that's the feeling I get from it. Is that the, is that what you were aiming for with that, John, I assume, or am I off? No, no, you're, you're pretty, pretty close. I mean, like the way I think of, bars and drinking and stuff like that it's um it's you know it's a big part of you know the band i mean like we kind of got we, we we play in a lot of small clubs and bars i mean like i'm social i'm like social you know drinker and uh, and I, I i mean i can't go out now but i mean I, I i love that i love the elements of 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 going to the bar especially like uh, a local spot but i always think it's it's amazing because there's like this duality of uh you know um there's like sadness but also celebration and there's also loneliness but there's community you know and i think that um that's what's really cool uh about about kind of relying on this vehicle you know it's like this crutch but i do feel like for me personally i feel like there is a duality and like i i i don't see it this lifestyle as really a negative. I mean, there's lots of positives in my life. I mean, I've met so many sure. great people. Um, and I mean, you know, it's all about, I mean, I guess everybody's moderation is different. I'm sure mine is a lot <laughs> different than, uh, than, than other folks. But it might I mean, not be, you know, it might not be that much different than ours though, buddy. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's, that's the thing. It's like, you know, see, I mean, I don't want to glorify, um, yeah. you know, yeah, I get like that. a fucking, like destructive uh, lifestyle because I don't really view um, it that way for myself. I really see it like, you know, th- there's definitely times where, where you could go down kind of a, kind of a, sure. a bad road, but also like, I mean, there's a lot of positive stuff that comes out of like, you know, this community, a bar community and your, you know, friends, relationships, bands. I mean, there's so much cool shit. So that's what that song is kind of about. It's like, um, you know, it's the whole the whole world. Sure. Well, no, you, you, you're absolutely right, and it's just it really is. I mean, how many of your favorite stories of all time don't involve at least a little bit of drinking? 
You know, it's just it's it, it is. So, hey, do you uh, do you guys uh, know our pals in Seattle, the Drowns? You ever play with those guys? I do. I've known Rev for a long, long time, and uh, we actually played our our second show. It's actually the first Dead Bar show with like. Remember, I was saying like the first one was just with friends, and then it was like I got a band together. Uh, so the first one that had like you know the people that um, we played multiple shows with. The first version, I guess, of Dead Bars was with uh, was with Success, which was Rev. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Their early bird uh, band, like pop pop punk band, but uh, and then the other guys. I mean, I, I've known, uh, I've gotten to know them a little bit. We played with them down at Awesome Fest in San Diego. We played with, we never played with them here. In, I don't, they don't really like play in Seattle. They kind of, they're like, they're doing a different thing where they're just like, you know, putting out records and going on tour. I don't think they're trying yeah. to be like a a local band or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I just talked to Rev the other day, um, and they're, I'm really proud of them i think they've really kind of done a really good job and obviously you know their their hustle is something that i admire and uh i really think that they have a lot of uh good stuff ahead of them i mean it sucks i mean they had a lot of shit that got derailed this year as well i know they were supposed to be touring a lot and like we were both i mean i think we were actually supposed to be in the same places we might have been we we're supposed to be in europe at the same time or something hmm. so it's kind of unfortunate but yeah i mean you know it's 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 a it's it's a the scene in seattle i think is a little bit um separated into like you know the the cat you kind of your bands play in like whatever category you're in and i think hmm. that that is true in some respects but in terms of like the community at large with like you know all the musicians and stuff i mean we're all it's a pretty it's a pretty close scene and mm. that goes for like heavy stuff metal you know all the way through like you know the punk stuff and and even like the indie rock kind of scene mm. you know you you guys have a different sound my, my you guys have a different sound but i think there's some dude definitely some crossover fan wise i think you guys would have a lot of similar you know you guys in drowns i think would have a lot of similar fans so anyway yeah we actually shout, had out, to Re- Re- shout, actually... shout out to rev shout out to rev and andy if you guys are listening man yeah we had rev um, on we had we had rev on 40 we had rev on quite a while back he's super yep. super super cool dude so episode 40 um that was at 40 yep good good for you neil from you're may archi- you're, you're our archivist yeah our may when we're like oh this will be gone by august right yeah. by august <laughs> everything will be back to normal yeah Exactly. Now it's like now we're like now we're hoping and praying that 2021 brings us some normalcy. Do you even dare start booking stuff yet, or are you just kind of hanging tight and seeing what happens? Are you booking for 2021? Um, uh, not really, but we do have so the the one tour that we were supposed to do um, that got postponed um, that did get rescheduled in uh, for May of 2021. Um, whether or not that's going to happen, I mean, obviously that's up in the air. So, like, I'm not booking, but, like, we're, we agreed to do this tour. Um, it's with a band called Red City Radio and a band called okay. Decent Criminal. And we're, you know, we would just be the other support band. Uh, so we agreed to do it. And if, sh- if shows are happening, we will we'll, we will probably do it. And then we also are confirmed for the fest uh, in uh, whatever, in October of 2021. So, I mean, like all the, basically all the things we committed to this year that got postponed, we're, we're still committing to those, um, to those shows, but obviously that's up in the air and no, I'm, I'm, I'm personally not, um, you know, going out and booking, uh, anything like kind of 
I'm by myself right now. I'm kind of kind of waiting to see uh, what happens, and I hope I really hope that those can can happen uh, next year. Was was that Red City Radio DC Criminals thing? Was that a U.S. thing or was that a Europe thing or what, where was that going to be? It was going to be the U.S. It actually was going to come through Chicago. Um, huh. it, it or it still is on the books, I guess. It was going to be more of like a Midwest, East Coast, huh. and I believe that uh, Pooza Fest is in there as well. Okay. Um, in uh, Canada, so it was, it was more of uh, it was like two weeks going through the Midwest and, and the East Coast, which weirdly enough, or maybe not weirdly, we do really well out there, which is why we keep going back. Um, huh. Like we, like I said, like we sold out uh, New York City, we sold out Boston, um, you know, and you know we're a relatively smaller band from the exact opposite area of the country. So sure. Um, I, uh, yeah. So you- like. We'll, We'll always do that. Neil and I definitely have dreams of, you know, getting back to going to shows where we can go harass some of you people that we've interviewed, you know, yeah, got, that we've talked got to know over over yeah. the course of an hour, an hour and a half or something. You know, break you know, have a beer, buy you a beer. But uh we hope uh, anytime we've... send me a message and uh you got it. I see you guys in Illinois next year. I hope we can see you in Chicago. That's right. Yeah, I'm actually I'm... up actually up in Michigan. Um in the Grand Rapids area. I don't think you guys ever played over here, but I could be wrong. We played but. Detroit a bunch of times. Actually, CJ, the drummer and uh, now guitar player, he actually lives in Detroit now. So, uh, oh, really? We're, wow. we're all over the place. That's but yeah, be, so that's we've. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's fine because, like, we uh, we just start touring a lot more, essentially. Sure. So it's, he just kind of meets us. Sure. Um, wherever we're, we're at, it's it's amazing. Nobody, no bands seem to live in the same city anymore. Very rarely do you meet somebody like we're all close. You know, it seems like somebody's at least a couple hours away, or not like when you're kids and everybody has to live within a half hour. You know, or or it doesn't work. Yeah. Um, well, I think it depends. I mean, what what you're doing. I mean, if you're if you're just trying to play local shows, that would be very very difficult. I mean, but yeah. we've been a band for almost seven years, or maybe even over that. So. At this point, you know, we're going to play in Seattle, but we'll probably only play Seattle maybe like three, two or three times a year, and the rest will be on the road, you know? So do you, when you do that, do you headline, or do you wait for one of your favorites to come through town and you support your friends? Um, the most recent thing we did was a headline thing, but if we've done, like, so if the right band we used to open up for anybody that would ask us because why not right i mean like for many many years like we were just kind of starting out so anybody that asked we played with so many like bands that i would be consider you guys would probably be like well that's really weird i mean like we opened up for like mustard plug you know and we opened. oh that's see that's my uh, local that's my local gr dudes i actually live in the grand rapids area so i've probably seen mustard plug play, play like at least 35 times i would guess they were great, Wait, you know, but they draw, just, they draw. Oh, just kind cool. of an odd pairing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But then we, I mean, just most recently, I think the, the last band we opened up for, I think was, man, I can't, I think it was Fucked Up. The mm. band Fucked Up. Yeah, um, yeah. Which, which, which maybe sounds like a weirder pairing than, than Mustard Plug, but honestly, like that is more of, like we fit a lot better at like that fucked up show than we hmm. did at like uh, you know just a straight ahead like ska punk show. So so art like you you were describing before, I I do feel like and you know anybody who hasn't checked us out, you know obviously try to 
see what you guys think, but I do think that it's, it's a it's a sound that really blends well with uh, you know rock bands, indie rock garage, but also like punk rock and hardcore. Um, so I do feel like we we can kind of go between the genres a little bit better than um, than others. So yeah, like when we've opened up for Fucked Up, the show was I believe sold out, and I mean people like we had a great great response. Hmm. So, so in in the in the past when you've played fast, where which uh, which venues have you played down there in Gainesville? Oh, we played them all pretty much. I mean, we played uh, we played fest seven times. I oh, think. Oh wow! So okay, I didn't know played, that. Okay, we played essentially every year we've been a band. We've been down there, so we played hmm. at the Atlantic. We played at Rockies, which was a different place. Uh, it was called something different. We played at this place called Mothers, which was just like a bar on the floor. We played at um, Lucy's. Um, My favorite. Yeah, Lucy's my favorite. Yeah, Lucy's was awesome. And then just recently, um, we played the Wooly. And that was really exciting because that was, at that point, the biggest venue that we we had played. Mm -hmm. And obviously, it's part of a festival, so it's not like, it's not like it's just a dead bar show, but I mean, we sold out that, that show uh, for our time slot. I mean, there was a line around the block. People couldn't get in and right. that venue holds about 700 people. So like, I felt really, really good about that. Um, you know, cause we have been, we've been chugging along for, for a while, man, you know, and, and to see the kind of enthusiasm of that fest community obviously it's very kind of like you know specific but it is very specific yeah i couldn't i couldn't really get into it to tell you the truth but i'm I'm too old i guess but uh yeah it is specific (laughs) for sure well it's a that's a funny thing we we are older we so i'm in my 40s neil's in his 50s and uh but we do try to be open-minded for new music and i think we've really been pleasantly surprised this year discovering a lot of younger bands especially without being able to go to shows we've actually had more time to listen to music yeah yeah for sure so so i think a lot of people get to a certain age and don't listen to new music anymore but we we really genuinely try i think so yeah and now we can add dead bars to the list exactly i think what you guys are doing is, is awesome i mean that's doing shows like this is you know i mean that's how i find out about bands as well like listening sure. to podcasts or you know like going on instagram or youtube or or whatever you know um and playing shows i mean that's the best part about touring from my perspective is getting to meet other bands and and watch other bands that's the best part i mean you know it's it's so encouraging really to see what people are doing and you obviously you you learn from bands you borrow from bands and and you do and you make something new and fun So let me ask you one more question. Then we're gonna we so we never did play that. I'm a regular song. We need no, to play that. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll definitely. But let's. We'll do, you where do, do you guys? Now? And this is a very no. This is a very uh, question just for me. But where you guys play when you play in Detroit? Do you remember? Um. Yes. Oh man. The Smalls. I want to no, know the one down the street from Smalls. Is it the Sanctuary? Oh yeah, yeah. Sanctuary is great. Yeah, there's a bar. Yes, yeah, whatever, whatever that is on that street. It's that we played the smaller club. Yeah, um, they're all so they're all, I admit, they're all pretty small, but I mean they're a couple hundred people. They're nice. They're okay size. You yeah, know, we played, and we, the last time we were there, we actually played with the 
your band from Grand Rapids, uh, the Lippies. Oh, play with them. yeah, we've had the Lippies Funny. on. Yep. Funny because I honestly was uh, at Cole's house yesterday. <laughs> the bass player. Oh, cool. He yeah, and I are no, both. He and I are geezers, awesome. and we're like, if we end up at a show, there's usually like four of us there that are over forty, and he and I are two of them. <laughs> Standing so, at the back yeah, drinking, no, right? They're, exactly. They're great. They're great, and uh, you know, Detroit. You know, it's it, it's a cool it's a cool place. Uh, I don't know, like I haven't really explored that much, but I would like to know and play there more. And I'm sure, like, we have a show on that tour next year that that comes through it's probably at smalls actually is where it's okay. going to be just be careful where you park uh, your van <laughs> like every right? time i see I know, every time right? i see a band on facebook going hey we just had our van stolen with all our gear in it it's always in like court town detroit or something it's like oh no see in england but, in right. england is liverpool exactly the same is thing that, that yeah. was liverpool, yep. detroit of england? i didn't know yep, that it is <laughs> Interest. Good to know. All right, let's play. Let's play. I'm a regular, and we'll come back and we'll get some words of wisdom from John, and we'll let him go about his regular life, whatever that is. Okay, I'm a regular. I'm a regular by Dead Bars.
There it was, the last one of the night. I'm a regular. Dead bars. That was that was actually the one that pulled me in. Yeah. Of the of the songs. And I was kind of doing like the Spotify thing. Yeah. Uh so yeah. Uh, so so what about what about some what about some words of wisdom? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? How are we gonna get through this the rest of this year, John? Give us give us some well, give us a little give us a little glimmer of hope. I it's not too much pressure. I actually think <laughs> I do think that there is you know some cool stuff uh, that's gonna come out of this. I mean, like bands are getting creative. Um, they're doing interesting stuff. I mean, the live streams early on in the lockdown kind of thing, like I definitely was looking forward to them. Um, but, you know, I do think that for us, for our type of band, like it, it almost um, takes away from the experience we like to, you know, give at a, at a show, which is why we decided to do the live album. Um, and sure. so the idea is, you know, like, well, we're going to bring the, the live show to your turntable put it on and then we'll see you uh, next year. So we're, we're probably not going to do any live streams. Um, but I do think that people are getting creative. We, we did a pop-up shop, which is kind of a weird thing. Like I, we put out the new record and obviously we can't play a show. And, you know, um, I, it was nice in Seattle in, in August and September, it was still really, really nice weather. And, you know, we have friends that own bars and, and restaurants and, they have outdoor patios and stuff. So there was totally opportunity to do something safe and um, where everyone, you know, is wearing a mask, but can come and check out some, some merch. And so we, you know, we set up a table and sold some records and sold some t-shirts and we didn't even play a show. And so I think that people are going to do little things like that. We also have some other ideas that we're working on um, that we'll probably be putting out um, in the next couple of months. Some, you know, I think pretty new, new things that, that bands aren't doing, but you know, I, I'm taking this as an opportunity where it's like, you know, we were moving pretty fast. We all work full time, you know, like, and we do the band essentially as full time as we can. So like we were, we were really going, we were, we were going pretty hard last year. And then this year was going to be even crazier. You know, we were going to be in Europe and then I was going to be, I had to go back to work for a week and then we were going to be in the Midwest and the East coast. And I had to come back and go to work and it was just going to be a wild time. So I am looking at this as a, as a reset kind of yeah. period for myself personally and uh, you know, pay off some bills and come back strong when we can do it safely. And I hope that other, I hope that other bands, kind of view this the same way because i don't think rushing back into like me personally like we're not going to do a dead bar show until you can be you know sweaty and you know kind of uh screaming uh next to each other sure. you know yep. whatever the way a punk rock show is supposed so, to be yeah yeah so we're not you know we're just going to wait it out i mean i don't know how long that's going to take but um and so i hope you know i i did see one cool thing i mean i don't know when this is going to air but like i i guess uh Yesterday, um, the uh, uh, the Flaming Lips did that show where they had everybody in the bubble. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that. No. Yeah, I saw it. Uh, I saw it. That was weird. I say yeah. Flaming Lips are not really on my radar. I must say, yeah. but that's all right. Well, I mean, yeah, but they. I mean, like, so something like that is awesome. You know, like just being completely weird and like putting every single audience uh, audience member in a bubble. I mean, like, oh, like their own oh, bubble. Like, yeah. Like the boy in the boat. Like, like, I'm a, I'm a, I'll Google this later. This like John Travolta, sort of yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it looks awesome and it's it's fun and it's like you know it's it's, it's bizarre and it's insane. But if you unless you're the basically what I'm saying, unless you're the flaming lips and can do something kind of like weird uh, and and bizarre, um, you know, I just I just don't really. I'm not looking forward to you know going and uh, sitting you know on a on a roped off square somewhere watching some yeah. some band you know on. Uh, you know, far away. So, well, well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're having a hard time with that because I think we were saying at the beginning of the show that we're supposed to go. See, well, Pegboy is playing in Chicago. Actually, it's it's I mean, it's a good lineup. It's right. It's Pegboy, the Ball Weevils, and uh, Jake Burns from Stiff Little Fingers, um, playing at like a drive-in. But it's one of those things. I'm like, I'm going to drive a car into and watch a show from inside my car. The whole thing just seems too weird. I don't. I don't know. It just and, and it's like and, and you should be seeing Pegboy in a club with 200 people drinking PBRs and sweating your balls for off. 15 yeah, it's, bucks it's instead of paying yeah, 70 exactly. bucks. Yeah, yeah. So it's just weird. Even yeah, the money doesn't, I think... doesn't bother you as much just because it's screwy. But yeah, I don't know. So we we still haven't decided whether we're gonna go. We're we're still kicking it around. I think it's okay to try stuff like that. Like I I, I think that um, there's no reason if they can make it awesome. If you guys walk away like from there being like holy shit that would like completely exceeded my expectations but if they're but I, don't just they, playing, I don't know how they can do that though you know what i mean i don't know how it's going to be essentially like when you're a kid you go see like a big rock band and you go to one of these outdoor theaters and you'd like sit up on the grass hill and watch and, them and on the screen yeah. and, and it's that, okay for, like and... it's okay for like rush or something right but not like <laughs> peck boy <laughs> and that's what i'm saying is like you know maybe they will maybe they have something planned that is super creative Maybe. but i do think that you have to be creative I, I i think i would be pretty i wouldn't i wouldn't it's not it's not my style for my band to be doing something like that um and if we did uh we'd have to really make it like exceptional but I well mean, you guys let me know <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes all right well listen man we appreciate I, hold you on coming... I, I do have one oh, last crap. question i do have one last question so you said from early, early on, you knew you wanted to call the band Dead Bars. What does that name mean to you? What's the meaning um, behind it? And why were you so into it? I I said that word to, uh, or those two words to a friend of mine, and uh, like probably 15 years ago when we were going out somewhere. And, you know, I mean, I just, remember saying like i like dead bars oh you know, okay I gotcha like, yeah. i like going to yeah i like going to places you know where it's kind of like empty and yep. uh and you and it's kind of quiet and you can just kind of think and and i just remember saying i like dead bars and you and me both that just that just said something to me and i, I all of a sudden i started having like a kind of a vision of like telling stories through this like lens of you know, somebody sitting down there and reciting all the, all the events that happened to them for the day, you know, and like, that's kind of how it started is like, it's just a, essentially just a, a journal of, of events, you know, from, from the perspective of after work sitting there, you know, just happy to know that you're not into the Grateful Dead. That was the only thing I was yeah, concerned exactly. about. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that the Grateful Dead are kind of cool, but that's a story for a different. Uh, you know, you know what the Grateful 
You know what the Grateful Dead would be good for? They'd be good for watching at a drive-in because, you know, you could just dance around by yourself, high on PCP or whatever. In your car. As opposed as opposed to Pegboy, where you sort of need to have people bouncing into you and knocking your beer out of your hand. Well, I can do that to you right. inside the car, Tom. That's fine. That's true. <laughs> Not the bar Man, out of the wife's if I take my wife's car and we spill a bunch of beer in it, there's going to be hell to pay, dude. Oh, shit. Yeah, hell you're to right. Pay. You're right. All right. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> thanks so much for talking to us, John, man. It was... It was fun uh, discovering your band, and I'm glad, even though we came about it kind of sideways, I'm glad we found you. And, uh, man, I hope I uh, wish you nothing but the best of luck with the with the live album and everything else. I, You know, you bands that had, had gotten to a certain level before this pandemic, I hope you can kind of keep your momentum going once things go back to normal, you know? Because you guys I are really at this sort of awkward... You're at that sort of awkward stage where you're almost there, you know, like 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 you're right on the cusp, you know. Yeah, so everybody go to. I, uh, I'm sorry, I was gonna say everybody go to deadbars.com, and uh, they have a couple of albums. Album. They have a couple of albums on there, and they have T-shirts and stuff like that, and EPs. If it so takes too long, to buy get, if it takes too long to get it, you can actually harass John personally because he's going out to his garage to box them up for you. So. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so go go over there and buy some stuff because uh, yeah, exactly, it's good, it's good stuff. So well, yeah, I, I I enjoyed this a lot. Uh, you know, like you, you guys said, like we we didn't know each other before this, but um, I think yeah, I mean we have a shared interest here, uh, and I'm I'm gonna be following the podcast for some new uh, music as well. So thanks, man. Thanks for the opportunity. It's, it's to, old, to and have, lots of old too. Yeah, lots of old <laughs> lots stuff of old too. Yeah. Too. <laughs> See, but yeah, excellent, man. Thanks a lot. So, yeah, good luck with everything, and uh, I hope we can catch up with you down the road. Yeah, I'll see you next time for sure. Sounds Thank, good. Thanks, so, John. You're signing off, so people don't cry. All right, everybody, stay free, and remember to keep a little mark in your heart. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye.